everyone, Cheryl A for On My Watch. Now, it's been a couple of days since I've recorded a podcast and we're up to episode 10 with this one. So thank you to those that are listening. It's been a, a tough couple of days because I've just been feeling really hopeless and helpless like many of you out there about what's happening. More people continue to be murdered, more footage of horrors, genocide, ethnic cleansing. It doesn't seem to get better day by day. It's, it's worse. Although there is a couple of um, hopeful markers on the horizon. But I want to start this morning just with this terrible clip that I saw. It's this Palestinian kids who rescued these this woman on the Gaza Strip, taken by an eyewitness, and there's a sniper, and they've somehow injured her, and the kids don't want to, um, you might have seen this, but the kids obviously don't want to go in the way of the sniper. So they throw this woman a cord or a rope, I can't work out what it is, and they drag her along the ground to safety. Do you know, it's been very different being here in the United States. Well, I'm in San Francisco, so I'm not speaking for all of the country, of course. But when I talk about Gaza here, when I talk about Palestine, the news is different. What people are hearing here is very different. And it could be, you know, just the particular people I know. But I was saying to someone the other day that how the IDF, the terrorist IDF, almost rogue. They are just killing and maiming in plain sight because they can, because they haven't been stopped. And I said, you know, they've got guns and they go in and they just shoot people indiscriminately. They have a sniper that shoots, say, this lady in this clip that I saw, in this clip that we'll all see. And he said, they don't do that. They don't do that. That's an army. They don't do that. And I thought, wow, they actually, they do. But I guess we all live in silos, our own silos, me included, so it's the information that we seek, the information that we share and the information that I guess we live in. And because this genocide has been so divisive um, and that's largely because of Israeli propaganda, it's been so divisive that people are very worried about talking about it, as we all know. People are challenging me on saying that people are murdered virus sniper like I, I don't understand that because why would I why would you make that up but anyway this is the current state of affairs I think not just here in America and not just in Australia but just globally that it's divisive and I wonder sometimes is it because the Israeli propaganda has been so effective or is it because we can't it's too hard for us to be a witness to this genocide. For some people, it's too hard to look at these videos. It's too hard to see this woman being pulled on the ground to safety. They're trying to get her away from the sniper so that it doesn't shoot her dead. It is hard. It's very hard. But it continues. Like I think we're up to day 93 and the murder has not stopped. And those despicable IDF terrorists continue to do despicable acts. So not everybody sees it, and that's why it's divisive. You know, I'm sure that if 
yeah, if it were all, if the media was behaving correctly, people wouldn't be asking questions or doubting that genocide is happening in Palestine. Genocide is happening in Gaza. And, you know, the West Bank is no different. A couple of hundred people being murdered every day, you know, settler violence. We talked about that in one of the previous episodes. Lebanon's the same. They're in South Lebanon. They've used chemical warfare there. And, again, people are saying, oh, but have they? Is that right? Chemical warfare is a war crime. Yes, it is. All of this is a war crime. Now, that leads me to my next point. It's it's kind of amazing how this has become connected, but we did talk about Alan Dershowitz. He is the lawyer that Israel has hired to defend them in The Hague. You'll remember that the Republic of South Africa instituted proceedings against the State of Israel and requested the court to indicate provisional measures. So in short, South Africa is taking Israel to court, to the International Court of Justice for genocide. I don't know if this has been confirmed. I see no confirmation of it, but I see a lot of conversation around it that Alan Dershowitz has been selected by Israel to represent Israel and their crimes and what they've been accused of. Information like this kind of blows me away where this is led to. So Alan Dershowitz has defended people like Trump in the past, and he has appeared very recently. He's also defended the likes of Harvey Weinstein. So you'll know what kind of character he is. But what's happened recently, which kind of came as a shock to me, <laughs> that's because I hadn't been following it, I guess, and maybe maybe everybody knew about it. But Alan Dershowitz has recently been named in the Jeffrey Epstein sealed list as one of the people accused of committing, um, I'm just going to say violence against children, if you like. And uh, he... This is extraordinary. So these unsealed documents have been largely redacted, but they were for some reason released the other day and there's a whole list of people and you can go and find that information that have appeared on the list as kind of associates or complicit with Jeffrey Epstein, names like Bill Clinton, Alan Dershowitz himself, really some big high-profile names. So there's some kind of ring going on there, but this isn't what this podcast is about. But what I'm getting to is I guess it's about the company you keep. So here he is associating with these types of people and now he's been chosen by Israel to defend them at the Hague. Isn't that very telling about the company that you actually keep and what kind of people you have around you? I just find that very telling. But what is extraordinary is that Alan Dershowitz appeared on television just in the last couple of days since this was made public and he blamed all of it, get ready for it, he blamed all of it on Hamas. Somehow Hamas is responsible for him being on the list. I mean, do you know, I had to watch his defence a couple of times and I couldn't make head or tail of it. So if you can, let me know. But by the end of his his comments, all it was was Hamas, Hamas, Hamas. And I'm like, um, I'm just wondering, Hamas didn't appear and nobody in the Hamas organisation has appeared on that list. So I'm not quite sure how it happened. But do you see the propaganda 
People like you and I are being critical and are wondering what the link is between appearing on this unsealed list and Hamas, but maybe a lot of people buy into it and it is all part of the propaganda machine. But also in Israel's defence at the moment, what they're saying is that it's anti-Semitic for South Africa to be taking them to court over genocide. I mean, it's just the insanity of it all. But I guess some people do buy into it. And I've got to tell you, here is, you know, being in the States, as I said, is 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 different for me. Because, you know, if I say apple here, people say Hamas. If I say banana, people say Hamas. There's no conversation or argument I can have about the region. There's no story I can tell about Palestine without people saying Hamas. Anyway, as I said, we live in our silos. So that's Alan Dershowitz's silo. So he's friendly with the Israeli government. He's defending them at The Hague. And as I said, that's the kind of the company you keep. Now, another thing that I read about Israel this week is that they are bragging about industry in Israel, that they are very successful and it's a growing industry of producing high-tech weapons in the country. So the the main economy of Israel has always been um, about producing weapons, really weapons of mass destruction, I'm going to call them. That is one of the biggest industries in Israel, second to, I think, diamonds, or maybe they're equal, I'm not sure. But their claim to fame is how successful they are in the industry of producing high-tech weapons and high-tech intelligence. And they are testing this. They are testing it now on Palestinians and using it, if you like, as a business case, like look how efficient we are at killing people. If you want to find out more about this, there's a great book called The Palestine Laboratory, and it's by Anthony Lowenstein, who's a Australian Jewish journalist that has done a lot of work and written many books. But his most current book, which is so relevant to what's happening now, is called The Palestine Laboratory. And he talks there about how Israel is using all sorts of weapons of mass destruction to test it all on Gaza and so that they can sell it to other regimes so that they can oppress the people that they want to oppress. It made me think the other day because this was on the front page of the paper and they're bragging about how smart people are in Israel to be producing this. I mean, I guess it's a bit like, you know, uh, the tech business here in, in San Francisco or in California, if you like, but that's their claim to fame. And it just made me think, you know, because I've had to pause for a day or two, what kind of a country is it when nearly everything you do is about the destruction of other? The industry that you produce about is about the destruction of other. The conversation you have is about the destruction of other. The God that you supposedly worship is about the destruction of other. I mean, it just makes me wonder what kind of country it is. And again, of course, it's not all people who live in Israel, but if that was really, if that was really what your culture is about, what does it say about you? Okay, I'm going to move on to what's happening 
with South Africa taking Israel to The Hague. This is getting, this is building momentum. It's actually very serious. Israel is taking it very seriously. It has a domino effect on others like the USA for supplying the weaponry to cause a genocide. If Australia has been supplying arms to Israel, and there are, I think, some Australian companies that have been doing that, it makes us complicit as well. So I think it's really important. And also, I wasn't feeling so hopeful before because I thought that this is going to take years and years, but apparently it's being fast-tracked, which gives me some hope. And what they're saying now is that the hearing might start the 11th or 12th of January. So that's coming up very, very soon. And I think it's it is gaining momentum. Um, and as I said, people are taking it more seriously. I did notice, though, the other day that the spokesman for the Biden administration was denying that there was indeed even a genocide. So I went back and I had a look at what really technically genocide means. I went to the ICC website, the International Criminal Court, and it says that what genocide means is the actions or policies driven by the intent to systematically eliminate a specific ethnic, religious or racial group. It involves acts such as mass killings, forced displacement and other atrocities aimed at eradicating the targeted group. So we've seen carpet bombing, we've seen murder, we've seen all sorts of evidence to show mass killings. And we're over 30,000 murdered in Palestine, over 11,000 of which are children. So that's a tick, and I don't know how you defend yourself from that. So if we're looking at the points, mass killings, forced displacements, they're moving Palestinians in Gaza from one end of Gaza to another, and when they get to the point of movement, they're still attacking and murdering them at that point. There's also a conversation happening now, and it's really quite blatant from many Israeli leaders saying that they want to clear Palestinians right out of Gaza, like take them to the Congo or send them somewhere else. It makes me crazy angry to think that they even can have this conversation and that think they think that they've got the right to do it. And again, the world has been silent. And what's going to happen at The Hague next week is really going to change this strategy. It is quite serious. And what comes from it will actually change what's happening in Israel and what they're doing to the Palestinians. How that looks after a ceasefire, I don't know. And I don't think anybody knows. So that's forced displacements, but other atrocities where they're using starvation as a tool to eliminate a race, to eradicating a people. So I really don't know how the US is saying at the moment that there's no evidence of genocide. I mean, that's just, I think it's a kind of even almost foolish, but Israel's going to have to stand up and defend that. And they've chosen this Alan Dershowitz to do that for them in a way the mind boggles, but uh, let's see what he comes up with. 
he's very, very good at defending despicable characters. So maybe he can, maybe he can defend a despicable government. Let's see what happens. Now, speaking of despicable people, there has been this person, she's an Israeli lawmaker, and her name is Noga Abel. And she's been very vocal about how she feels about Palestinians, where she's been tweeting tweets like this one. They are teaching their children to die for a hopeless cause. They are an inferior culture, a violent, murderous one at that, which has become dangerous to mine. Now, that's very interested that she's seeing the Palestinians are dangerous to her culture, even though Israel is doing the murdering. Yes, October the 7th happened, and that was, again, a war crime, but this retaliation doesn't seem to be enough. We've said this before, October 7 really just triggered a reason for Israel to ethnically cleanse the Palestinians, ethnically cleanse Gaza, and really they'll probably be doing the same with settlements in the West Bank. This Noga lady as well has been calling for the defunding of a United Nations group and they're called UNRWA. It's the United Nations Agency for Palestinian Refugees and it does a lot of work in Palestine and specifically in Gaza to help Palestinian people and she wants that organisation defunded because she doesn't feel that the Palestinians deserve any help. That's how you feel when you want to eliminate a race. So this is the feeling amongst lawmakers and the leadership in the Israeli government at the moment. Another thing that I witnessed this week is you might remember Mike Pence, who was the vice president to Donald Trump. He's visiting Israel as we speak, and Mike Pence has signed a missile for Israel bound for Gaza. You know, we've talked about signing missiles before, and here is a prominent person in world politics, an American And he is in Israel at the moment signing his name on missiles that are going to kill people. I will never, ever understand that we were witnesses to this and we have sat back and watched it happen, or many of us have sat back and watched it happen. All I'm going to say to you in closing is please don't forget about Palestine. Please don't forget about advocating for these people. The situation is getting worse, not better. Let's hope, and for those of us who pray, let's hope that next week at The Hague that we see some kind of respite and some sign of accountability for what's happening to the Palestinians. Go in peace. Until next time.